Oh my god, hi. This is Devin from Disney Adult, a podcast brought to you by the Trident Network. On Disney Adult, we bring together Chicago comedians to watch and discuss Disney movies from the perspective of adults. In these movies, there are things we love, things we hate, things that maybe haven't aged so well, and things that are timeless. Uh, the Trident Network's wonderful podcasts, including Disney Adult, can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. You can't tell anyone about this phone. It's a total invasion of privacy. I've been thinking about it all night, and we've got to give the phone back. <laughs> you really are impossible. Oh, Natasha, nothing ever happens to me. Oh, Natasha, my life is so boring. Oh, Natasha. Did I really say, oh, Natasha, that often? The point. Excitement has fallen into your lap, and you want nothing to do with it. Go off, Brenda Song! <laughs> hey, Val! Hey, Al! Hey, Mad! Hi, Val and Al. Welcome to D-Commentaries. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to you. Welcome to our listeners and welcome to our special guest, Madeline. Mad, welcome Yay! and tell, introduce yourself. <laughs> oh, where to start? It was a cloudy <laughs> night. Um, I'm Madeline. <laughs> I am affiliated through Val. Uh, we did improv together in Chicago, but then I got to be too big for Chicago. Just it's kidding. True. <laughs> um, no, no, she outgrew us. <laughs> I moved to LA for a man, something I never thought I'd do. And <laughs> here we are. So, yep. And now you have a beautiful baby and a beautiful house and beautiful dogs. I'm just living the suburban dream. <laughs> hey, a good statement for our movie this week. Woo! <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Matt, I think I might have missed it. Uh, what do you do for work? Um, I am a forensic psychologist. So Whoa. I, but not in the um not in the like serial killer profiling way. I do competency restoration work. So it's not as exciting as the profiling stuff. But basically when people are found incompetent to stand trial, I direct the program that restores them. So write a lot wow. of reports. That's yeah, really cool. I like it. There's never a dull moment. That's one of those jobs where it's like, hmm, I don't know what I want to do in college. And there's like so many branches of that that you don't realize are like a job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, when you're sure. like, I want to be in, in English. And you're like, but what are all the jobs in English? You know, I want to be in psychology. What are all the jobs in psychology? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Got some good stories over the years. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's dive into the business and I will uh, walk us through that quick and uh, and then we'll get into the fun stuff. Perfect. So if we hadn't already said it specifically, we are watching Stuck in the Suburbs this week. Watching it and living it. And oh, living yeah. it. Yep. <laughs> uh, Stuck in the Suburbs came out July 16th, 2004. So this was their summer blockbuster. And boy, was it. I would say. Um, yeah. Suck in the Suburbs was directed by Savage Steve Holland, 
Savage is a nickname, but it's literally what it says on IMDb. So I'm saying it. Cool. So he directed early in his career. His first two movies were Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer, which were both John Cusack vehicles. Mm. Um, other than that, he's mostly been a TV or TV movie director. Like he's done episodes of Lizzie McGuire, even Stevens, all kinds of stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I presume that's probably how he ended up directing this movie is doing those shows. Yeah. And then there's a three writer team. So we have Wendy and Amy Engelberg, who had identical resumes. I don't know if they're like twin sisters or partners or what, but they are TV writers primarily. They wrote for the Clueless television show for Lizzie McGuire, Drop Dead Diva, and more recently Fuller House. Cool. And then Dan Berenson, who we've seen a ton and mm-hmm. we will see a ton more of. Um, he wrote Up, Up and Away, Scream Team, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, Halloween Town High, Twitches, Twitches 2, Cheetah Girls, One World, the Hannah Montana movie, a bunch of Wizards. Oh, wait, no, the movie Wizards of Waverly Place, Camp Rock 2, and a bunch of episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay. So the cast is pretty big. Um, so I'll try and be as quick as I can. Danielle Panabaker played Brittany Aarons. Um, she will also be in Sky High uh, in a future decom. Um, she was also on a show called Shark, which I'd never heard of, but she was in like, I don't know, 20 episodes. Um, she's done a couple Hallmark movies, but her big thing is that she's been on like every episode of The Flash, like the DC television show. Mm. Um, so she's, you know, got it made in the shade over in the DC television universe. Brenda Song played Natasha Kwan Schwartz, <laughs> my half Jewish sister. Mm-hmm. She was also in The Ultimate Christmas Present and Get a Clue. And she has done a bunch of guests. Al is raising her hand. I'm raising <laughs> my hand to interrupt because Sky High is not a DCOM. Oh, really? It is a, not a traditional DCOM because it premiered in theaters. Oh, fun. I didn't know that. You mentioned that. And I was like, I got to detective work this. <laughs> you know what we should do then? We should do Sky High as like a Patreon. Oh, let's do that. Or something. Yeah, we'll still we'll still talk about it. Cool, because it is good. And it's got a lot of uh, currently famous people in it. Great. All the more reason. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that uh, fact check, Al. You're welcome. Sorry to interrupt Brenda Song. Continue. No, pr- no problem. Brenda Song, in addition to being in Ultimate Christmas doing just Present fine. and Get a Clue. She's, she's doing, doing just fine. fine. <laughs> she's doing just fine. She's also in Phil of the Future. Um, she's in Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior, which we haven't gotten to yet. Um, she was also in a bunch of episodes or she was one of the leads on Sweet Life of Jack of Zach and Cody. And uh, she recently had a stint on Station 19. Mm. I don't know if she's... I haven't actually looked to see if she's been anything more recent than that. But that was like her most recent thing that I saw. Cool. In. Like Jockey just TV. Or like... Because wasn't she in movies too? She was in The Social Network. Okay. That's oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was in The Social Network. That's right. I forgot to mention yeah. that. Yeah. A great movie. Um, then we have Taryn Killam as Jordan Cahill, oh. our rock star. If you don't know Taron Killam, he's definitely best known for being on Saturday Night Live. He does great impressions. He's very funny. Um, But before that, he was in Big Fat Liar. He was on The Amanda Show. Um, He was on a show called Just Married um, for a while. He was also in the Oscar winning movie 12 Years a Slave. What? (laughs) Yep. One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) He's got range. He's got range. He does. Um, 
He was in a show called The Awesomes, which I think was a cartoon. He was on a show called Single Parents, which might still be on. I'm not sure. Um, he was in another cartoon called Nature Cat. He was on The American Crime Story, the Monica Lewinsky season. Mm. And he now hosts a sports show called The NFL Pile On. <laughs> Interesting. He's also married yep. to Kobe Smulders. He is also married to Kobe Smulders. Kobe, Sm- Kobe Smulders of How I Met Your Mother fame. And what I realized in watching this movie is that both of them have played teen pop stars in a very like tongue in cheek situation, which is very fun. That is true. Yep. Robin Sparkles. <laughs> Robin Sparkles. <laughs> um, okay. Ryan Belleville played Eddie, who was Jordan's uh, best friend slash manager assistant. I don't know what his job was. Um, he held his yeah, phone. Clear. <laughs> yeah. um, he is definitely Canadian. Um, <laughs> he was in a show called Life on a Stick. He was in an episode of Murdoch Mysteries, Woo! which Al and I love. He was in something called Winston Steinberger and Sir Dudley Ding Dong. <laughs> and more recently, he was in a show called Working Moms. <laughs> He's so cute in this movie. Oh, interesting. He has pretty he's, eyes. He's like so cute. He has pretty eyes. I was like, I I literally wrote a note at one point. I was like, is Taryn Killam hot? <laughs> <laughs> when the haircut comes, he is. Yep, yep, yep. When yeah. they cut off his hair and you can just see his eyes. He has really pretty eyes. Yeah. We've had two consecutive movies with really pretty eyed men. Pretty eyed man, pretty eyed man. You've got some pretty eyes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have her pals. So Amanda Shaw played Kaylee. Um, she's also going to be in Now You See It, another oh, decom. Okay. Um, the other two haven't done much. Uh, Cece Hedgepeth played Ashley. She stopped acting in 2008. Jenny Garland played Olivia, and she stopped in 2010. Then we have Todd Stashwick as Len, the producer, mm-hmm. and he is like a character actor. He's literally been in one episode of everything. Yeah. But some of the ones where he's been on more episodes, he's been on The Riches for several episodes, Heroes, um, 12 Monkeys. He was in the Kim Possible movie, like the live action one. Oh. And more recently, he was in The Way Back, the Ben Affleck flick. Oh. Where he's a basketball coach. Oh, okay. And this is a person who, like, in this movie, he's just looks like a middle-aged guy. But if you look at his pictures now, holy smokes, he turned into a zaddy. (laughs) (laughs) You like a Neville Longbottom? (laughs) The old Neville Neville Longbottom. He he really did. He totally (laughs) Neville Longbottom. Like, his headshot on IMDb is, like, so hot. And yeah. I was like, this is your sign to go check his Instagram out. Do you need a minute, Val? Yeah, I need a cool, t- I need a towel. <laughs> um, Kirsten Nelson played Susan Aaron. So that's Brittany's mom. She was in The Fugitive way back in the day with uh, Harrison Ford, Fugitive, famously set in Chicago. Her main gig was that she was on Psych. Oh, um, I don't know what character she played on Psych, but she was on Psych for the entire 
duration. I was okay. I'd seen like one episode of Psych ever. And then she's just a character actor. She's been in, you know, lots of one-off things. And then Corey English played uh, Jesse, who is the older sister of mm-hmm. Brittany. Um, she does a ton of uh, voiceover work for video games. Cool. So she, she's been a voice in Skyrim, Star Wars, The Old Republic, Final Fantasy, Mass Effect, like a lot of big games. So that's that her primary pays. gig. Yeah. And then Patrick uh, Stogner played the younger brother, Cooper. And he has a weird resume. He didn't do a whole lot, but then he like stopped acting in 2012, but then he has one credit in 2021. Wow. (laughs) So I don't know if he's just like returned to acting all of a sudden or what's going on, but um, very interesting resume. I followed him on Instagram. He's got like 600 followers and we are one of them. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Hello, Patrick. Okay. The synopsis is as follows. And Matt, in case you don't know, I don't read these before. I just copy them and paste them. So it's always a fun surprise. Oh, boy. 14-year-old Brittany Ahrens and her friends are bored with their suburban lives until America's national icon, Jordan Cahill, a new pop singing dancing sensation, arrives in town and his personal digital assistant, PDA, falls into the wrong hands. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I mean, sure. I love that they spelled it out. PDA. I don't know if anyone knows what that even, like, what PDA stands for, but that's funny. Public um, displays of affection. Of affection. Yes. Yeah. Of course, of course. And then a fun fact about this movie, which I confirmed on Spotify, is that these songs are credited to Jordan Cahill. Yep. Like, Taryn, Taryn Killam sings these songs, for real. <laughs> but he doesn't have credit for them. So it's basically like the plot of the movie in real life. Poor Taryn just wants to be himself, but he has to yeah. be with Kale and he's it's... not getting the ben- the royalties. Wow. Talk about a metaphor. It's the original <laughs> Hannah Montana. <laughs> it's the original Hannah Montana. Oh my God. I thought that was so funny when I actually saw Jordan Cahill like as the artist on all of these songs. I was like, this is a person who doesn't exist. How could this be possible? I wonder if Taryn still gets like the royalties or whatever. The songs are listened to. I hope he gets royalties. I mean, me too. I, I thought too. I read something that this was the first decom that had its official an official soundtrack. It is did. That- yeah, it did. And That's, oh baby, yeah. is it good? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it I mean, it features some some artists like some that you recognize. <laughs> I add one thing. Yeah. Um, a little local tip. The whole really stupid reason I requested this movie is because it was shot in New Orleans and the school scenes were shot at my high school. What? Uh, oh my gosh. And, uh, Amanda Shaw, I didn't actually know this, but when I forced my husband to watch this with me, um, he pointed out she's apparently a really famous local fiddlist. Fiddlist? Fiddler? What? Fiddler, right? Fiddler. Fiddlist? Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, Fiddler what? sounds less appropriate. That's amazing. That's, that's so cool. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Well, that answers our question of oh, how are you tied to this help? movie in any yeah, way? Yeah, so that was <laughs> literally going to be my next question. So <clears throat> so I assume that you'd seen this movie before then. Oh, I did. I It was 
I don't remember exactly when I stopped watching DCOMs, but I was older than I'd like to admit. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this was one of the I watched probably around when it came out originally. Um, and I remember watching it and seeing my school and was like, what the heck? This is two years after I graduated, but okay. I was like, what the heck? And they are colors were this kind of gross green well our colors were green and orange but the building was this kind of green and gross salmon pink um and the lockers were a similar gross salmon pink and they i guess painted them red and moved them into the atrium because that's <laughs> not where lo the lockers actually are wow oh, interesting okay so since we know you've seen this before at least when it came out what were your impressions this time around um, not a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I mean, I have vague recollections of being younger and watching it and, and kind of thinking like, oh yeah, I can sort of relate to this, even though I was probably too old at that point to be relating to it. Um, <laughs> but now I'm just like, oh my God. And I just, I, a lot of my notes were probably not the kindest but um, <laughs> it was a fun okay. trip down memory lane I watched it twice because I don't trust my aging memory oh um, wow but, yeah so it was fun but not not a great movie fair <laughs> fair <laughs> Al what about you what did you think thanks Val um I liked this movie but my downfall of this movie is overacting with a capital o-v-e-r space oh, yeah. a-c-t-i-n-g the amount of overacting in this movie pulls you out of it but by the like last third it's just comical at that point <laughs> where you're just laughing along with how terribly terrible these extras are acting in the background you know like things like that um so I didn't mind it I, I'm gonna give it a six um I I thought it was fun and fine and I think that Danielle Panabaker and Brenda Song had really great chemistry as friends together um and I think they didn't super overact I don't know that Taryn Killam did either but there were just a couple people where I was like Oh, baby. Okay. Well, no, I take it back. Terry and Killam singing that song at the end was pretty overacting. Um, who's the, who's the overest actress? The little brother. Yes. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite moments in which I will mention soon involve the little brother. Um, just what? Wow. <laughs> Mal, first impressions. Oh, man. Okay. <clears throat> so I had never seen this one. And I think that the script was good. I think that, like, the relationships were good. I think that, like, what happened in the story, for the most part, made sense. What I did not like at all, it felt like the director was trying to ruin the movie for me. You know what I mean? Like, it, like there were... I think I actually mentioned this when we talked about Scream Team, which was also directed by, or I'm sorry, was also written by Dan Berenson. So maybe it is a writing thing. I don't know. And actually, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off had a lot of this too. But it was just like, felt like it was trying to be a Nickelodeon show. You know what I mean? Like that sort of like edgy, gross, 
like people <laughs> falling all over the place, like a lot of weird sound effects, like and but like unsuccessfully trying to do that because it wasn't actually edgy enough to like feel like a Nickelodeon show or movie. It just like if they had just played it straight, like if they had just taken out all of the ridiculous crap that was in this like like, first of all, there were like 45 montages of the same clips over it was and over so again. so weird. <laughs> I, would, I actually tried to count the number of outfits displayed in each montage because it represents like days past. Right. In the first one, like five minutes before the second montage, right. like two whole outfits. So right. montage of two whole days. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it's just like it was just so bizarre and it kept like getting in its own way and i just i would love to see a version of this movie where it was just people acting like normal human beings <laughs> and see what happens because i actually think it would have been a great film with like fun like stuff happening um also that final montage this i don't think this is really spoiling anything i think makes this a love story um and i'm i'm standing by it <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> we'll talk more about it when we can spoil it. Um, okay. Mad. Yeah. Did you have any favorite quotes or moments? Okay. I only have two quotes. Uh, no, three quotes. Okay. My favorite quote was when Brittany very exasperatedly says, I don't know any whales. That's <laughs> my favorite quote. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it in all caps. <laughs> yeah. And then the only other words I've ever heard of a little thing called teen angst, which I feel like is as cliche as much of this movie. Mm -hmm. And then this really weird quote. I don't remember the context now, but I just have written, it's back to the basement for the both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Out of context. Not sound Sounds great. bad. <laughs> Okay, nice. Al, what about Th you? Thanks, Val. I have so many. <laughs> I have so many. Perfect. I'm going to just talk about all my thoughts. Okay, my first thought was this is Naperville, Illinois. <laughs> um, and then I found out it was New Orleans. I did have to Google it because I was like, is this Naperville? It is not. <laughs> the entire movie is about my love for Harry Styles. <laughs> Brittany to Jordan, me to Harry Styles. It can happen, people. I will meet him. Yeah, um, you could be best friends, even though you're 14 and he's 22. Yeah, we are the same age, so it's a little <laughs> less spooky. We are currently both 29. Um, I loved the amount of pop culture references mentioned in this, which we do get some. Um, but like Beyonce is mentioned, Madonna, J-Lo, Gwen Stefani, big fan. Um <laughs> And they did a pretty good job of picking timeless references, too. For sure, because all of those people are still relevant. Mm -hmm. Literally three of those people were at the Grammys this week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so my favorite quotes were, I wish my mom would get me something cool like that. And then she looks at her mom like this. Yeah. <laughs> 
I wish my mom would get me something cool. Like that was so funny. Um, I hated how they put four kids in the back seat, but they were all wearing seatbelts. That doesn't make sense. I'm pretty sure all of them would need to be in a booster seat. Yeah. Uh, Brenda Song was explaining why she's here and she was like, I don't know, I was horrible to someone in my past life and my mother was transferred. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I think it's Eddie says this and he goes, before you were famous and he like does a head turn. The little brother does a (laughs) moment, which I hated. Um, for those of you who didn't see me do that, it was like, grab your ears, open your eyes as wide as they go and stick your tongue out. I love the line. I think I hear a banana split calling my name. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm going to start using that. Um, and Brenda song and Brittany, Daniel Pennebaker have a back and forth of, does two, does not, does two, does not. And it reminded me of Emperor's New Groove when they go, Yahan, uh, Yahan, uh, Yahan, uh, night mom, Yahan, uh, Yahan, uh. And I really liked that. And then the last quote was, um, oh, trouble has just arrived in the wings of a tacky minivan. Yep, I love that. <laughs> So yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't rate this movie very high, but I still really had a good time with it. For you, it was pretty high. Six is like pretty high for you. Yeah. Anything you over five. You don't hand out sixes willy nilly. That's true. I don't hand out <laughs> nines willy nilly. No, that's true. Val, tell us, tell us, tell us mm-hmm. your favorite quotes and moments. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I definitely loved, I don't know any whales. <laughs> <laughs> That was absolutely my favorite line. I also wrote, <laughs> ever heard of a thing called teen angst? Uh, there, there's a moment where she's wearing like an extreme crop top and she wants to go to school. And she says something like, does this say something? And then her dad goes more like, please put me in a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which she was, was wearing a jacket already. I know. I mean, it was just like, I, I thought that whole, there was a fun scene or there were a couple maybe fun scenes where like they were all kind of like chaotically getting out of the house together. And I thought those were fun scenes because it was like so like quick. You know, like they were just all kind of like quick hits, like puns and like jokes and um, running around. And that was fun. And it was like a great way to kind of introduce us to all those characters really quickly and efficiently. So I liked that. Uh, You've got that whole coffeehouse poetess thing going on. (laughs) (laughs) That's all like such a pickup line. I know. That's what I'm. Yeah. (laughs) So love story to touch on later. Yes. Yes. Um, my dad won't even let me have Spanish rice because he thinks it's too spicy, <laughs> which is a, a tribute to my in-laws who literally think like white bread is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Linda. Hey, Linda. She'll, she'll be the first to admit it. Um, at one point, Eddie said for all intensive purposes. And I was like that is not how you say that. (laughs) Curse you, Eddie! (laughs) And then this one is made for me. Since when is it stupid to care? Mm -hmm. Val had an introspective moment. (laughs) I found one more. Oh, yeah, go for it. I'm sorry for pulling that full-on rock star act on you. Oh, yeah. And he did. Hit. Mm -hmm. Hit hard. Um, 
Oh, this one is for you, Al. Uh, at one point, Brenda Song goes, oh, I don't do helmets because she's like about to get on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like force her into still wearing a helmet because Disney is all about bike Disney safety. is all about bike <laughs> safety, but not car safety because oh, four no. kids twice were in the backseat. Yes. Mm-mm. And I think my favorite moment is when these four girls do a full on dance inside of their house in soccer cleats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Val's car- yeah. carpets are not having it. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously those had never been worn before, but yeah. still I was like, this is bizarre. No one and ever. And then it turns into it. like a Dawn commercial where they're like, we use Dawn <laughs> to clean our carpets after my daughter comes in after soccer practice and ruins our carpets. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh I didn't God. realize they were in cleats, but now when they run up on the sofa and topple it over, that makes it even worse. That's what I'm saying. And like, I was like, are they wearing cleats? And I was like watching them the whole time. And they are. They are. Oh, no. Um, and the only other thing I noticed that I wanted to point out was that in the beginning and the end, there's scenes where they like uh, show like a bunch of girls like like basically like a gossip train on cell phones like sort of appearing in boxes and it was it made me think that at least in part this movie was trying to emulate bye bye birdie a little bit because mm. i was in bye bye birdie in middle school and like it's not the same exact story by any means but there's this element of like all of these girls kind of like chittering about a, a chittering. like male rock star and it made me think of that and i thought maybe they were doing this intentionally that's fun do you remember the the where all of the girls faces are popping up when they hear the thing over the phone but then they just used like boomerangs the same same, like seven girls yep 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 they couldn't possibly have filmed could not possibly get any of those extras to film (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah Yeah. great well Does anyone else have anything they want to talk about before we go to Spoiler City? I'm driving this minivan topless (laughs) to Spoiler City. You guys, booster seats in the back, also topless. (laughs) Also topless. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) All right. Uh, Mad, are you going to take us to Spoiler City today? I will do my best. This is going to be a very disorganized and haphazard <laughs> ride. You know what? If we have to go through a little construction to get to Spoiler City, that's okay. Yeah. Because sometimes we have a road straight there and that's no fun. And sometimes there's a detour and it's yeah. great. I was telling Val before we started, um, since I said I would attempt to do the synopsis, I love making up song parodies <laughs> and just, you know, it's I can't help rhyme. So I had, she told me to say the beginning part. I didn't get to finish because I didn't start soon enough. Story of my life. But I was inspired by Fresh Prince theme song. So I started to say, now this is a story all about how these tween girls' lives got turned upside down. So I'll take a minute to tell you, Han, and talk about how the door went from closed to opened on. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's more, but it... it it doesn't track. Um, <laughs> that was better than anything I've ever done. And I do this every episode. So that was incredible. Well, thank you. Um, so let's see. Spoiler City. Brittany and her 
friends, and I say friends because she ditches them mm, fast. fast or posh tosh <laughs> um, and no one really seems to care i was expecting that to be more of the conflict but it wasn't mm-hmm. so her and her friends are living in a rather mundane cliched suburban existence but the only one that seems to care is Brittany. she wants to write songs um and be unique but couldn't be less so so her and her squad are also obsessed with teen heartthrob jordan cahill And then cue the posh new girl in town, Natasha, who struts in in her, um, I mean, it was giving me clueless vibes with that tie and and shirt combo and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, And she just seems too cool for suburbia and Brittany is instantly drawn to her friend, drawn or more, right, Val? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Brittany is ready to drop her plebs behind and pretend that she's not completely obsessed with Jordan just to impress Natasha. Then Jordan comes to town and they go to full on like a seem like Beatles level obsession um, for this tiny um, nobody. that is Harry Jordan. Styles level of obsession. Thank you for <laughs> modernizing that for me. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I've ever been that obsessed with anybody. Um, so it's hard for me to relate to. I will admit that I was obsessed with Freddie Fringe Jr. as a kid, but instead of screaming, I printed out pixelated thumbnails, pictures of him. <laughs> And pasted them on the corner of my diary and wrote every diary entry, Dear Freddie. Oh so, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I That's still incredible. have it. That's a book. You need to write a book <laughs> named Dear Freddie. <laughs> uh, and then I was really torn when he, I wanted to hate Sarah Michelle Geller, but I love Buffy. So that was a real um, cognitive dissonance. And they are one of Hollywood's longest couples. <laughs> yeah. I know. They and have they're, a beautiful they're good. Mm hmm. So um, I digress, but uh, Jordan comes to town and Brittany obviously really wants to see him, but she wants to impress Natasha. So she pretends to pretend um, they go crazy. He sings some cheesy hits and on their way out, the most farcical of fateful collisions happens <laughs> and their phones come a tumbling down and they pick up the wrong one. Of course, Brittany is concerned that her parents will find out she lost her phone. Overacting brother hides and spies on her and is going to rat her out. Then they discover that it's actually Jordan's phone. They call Madonna. I should have mentioned that as a (laughs) sticking point with me talking about taking me out of reality. Um, So basically, they realize that they have Jordan's phone and then... The world becomes their new oyster. They start tearing down his life and building it back up, cutting his hair, breaking up with his girlfriend, ordering snacks, the wrong snacks, the right snacks. I can't remember which it was. <laughs> Cue montage of Brittany and Natasha's budding relationship. And then they have a big fight because each one's a liar, right? Natasha's not this posh world traveler that she said she was. And Brittany is not the um, aloof, not that obsessed Jordan person she pretended to be. So they fight. And then there's another montage of their happy moments. Um, (laughs) And then 
they meanwhile are trying um eddie right jordan's mm-hmm. assistant is trying to get his phone jordan's phone back without jordan finding out because his whole life is on that phone oh my god everything i never had a palm pilot so i really can't speak to the accuracy of that <laughs> <laughs> but if I it's mean, anything like my iPhone, yeah that's probably true yeah and there's no cloud. So he keeps like asking Eddie to like back up his phone. Like that's the whole like MacGuffin of this whole thing is like yeah. he keeps asking Eddie like back up my phone. My lyrics are on there. All my contacts, everything is on there and there's no cloud. So that he's like, you need to download this to a disc. And Eddie's like, I don't know how. So he just doesn't. So mm-hmm. they have the girls have the only copy of like every single important thing to this person in their hands. OK, sorry. Continue. Oh, that's fine. I also like um, the little brothers that it's such a trope about Jordan so old that his password would only be the factory settings, right? <laughs> uh, so they gain access to his innermost song lyrics, the, the real Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, mom's trying to save an old house. <laughs> and then all of these events <laughs> coalesce at the end um, when while they're manipulating Jordan, they get him to sing at some rally. Everything's a rally nowadays. So <laughs> sing at a rally to save mom's old house. And um, Brittany and Natasha make up. And somehow the she just seamlessly fits in with Brittany's old plebes that she picks back up. And they do another dance. And they don't. This is how you know life has truly changed. They do not knock over the sofa in the end. <laughs> All That's happily... True pile on top of it nothing gets disrupted <laughs> and that's there you have it i'm sure i missed some things but no, uh, that was great that was great yeah wasn't i think haphazard at all no it wasn't it was great um a couple things i want to like point out because they were i thought some of the strong moments like for example i liked that the the way so like basically what we kind of find out which is sort of meant to be a head fake is like uh, Jordan likes a lot of the changes like he is unhappy right. with his life and we find that out via like his reactions to them kind of like messing with him via his palm pilot like when he when they have his hair cut off he's actually really excited to have it gone and have like a fresh start um, and I liked that and I thought that Taryn Killam was like actually like acting like because yeah. I'm so used to him like being these like humongous characters and like really over the top intentionally on Saturday Night Live so it was like cool to see him like being earnest mm-hmm. <laughs> in some of these scenes um so I liked that a lot um and it was a nice refreshing change from a lot of the like wackadoodle stuff that was going on I was worried <laughs> at one point with his relationship with Brittany that it was going to turn into like a romantic thing. But mm-hmm. and, like, there was one moment where I was like, Oh, don't, 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 don't. And then they didn't. And I was happy about that. Mm-hmm. And so it seemed then very like brother sister, which I yes. was appreciative of that. They went in that direction. Yes, totally. Which um, we're not manifesting for me and Harry Styles. We are manifesting the falling <laughs> in love. Okay. So that's how the movie differs. Differs from right, 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 right. <laughs> Well, and at the end when um, she's on the phone in the car, it's like, come to New York and see you, Jordan. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and that just seemed kind of mm-hmm. just as yeah, silly as calling. Yeah. yeah. And then I want to talk about the love story in this movie. I swear to God, at the end, there is a montage 
like <laughs> while Taryn Killam is singing his final song with his lyrics that he wanted in the song. And there's an, a montage. And it is a like if you were to either at that time in 2004, make that a, a boy and a girl or if you were to like show the same montage, but like in a movie that came out today, I think everyone would just assume that it was a love story. Mm -hmm. Like it's very like affectionate and like focusing on like their connection. Um, and, and the music just kind of like adds this vibe. And I was just like, this <laughs> is a romance. <laughs> this is, and I will stand by it forever. And they have good chemistry. It was working. They do. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, so that's my headcanon. I wanted to also mention that at the very end, th throughout the entire movie, Taryn Kellum is like, I don't really want to do this, even though he was literally at the Grammys like the month before. Like, mm -hmm. whew, you're, you're good and you want to not do this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but then at the very end, when the girls are dancing for the second time, they're dancing in the music video. So they were cast in the music video, but it's no longer Taryn Killam. It's now Eddie. And right. he's like the big pop star, which makes no sense. Um, but I kind I of love it. Yeah, I think it's a commentary on just how I'm you could kidding, just put anyone else in the role. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're just Harry Styles is interchangeable. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm so mad. I liked you so much until right now. <laughs> wow. Now oh, I have a vendetta no. against you. So <laughs> feud. there's a feud. We were friends. Now we're foes. Yeah. No, that's so short-lived. Um, just kidding, but yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't have to be just kidding. It's okay. You can hate him. It's fine. But how, I will no, judge I you. <laughs> how, I mean, that's the whole point. Like, they were making him be something he wasn't. So it's so easy. If someone wants to do that, just right, stick him in there. Do it. It's like, right. Yeah. And cherry yeah. and pop stuff. He was so cute. <laughs> he had his little ears pierced at the end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, physically, I do not think they are comparable. I think Taryn Killam is much cuter than Eddie, at least back then. In the rock star. Yeah. Look. Yeah. All right. Anything else anyone wants to talk about before we go to bingo? I'm GTG. I have a couple of just very quick notes. <gasps> Tell us. Generally, I thought the parents were exceptionally savvy. Not, not the first mom. The opening yeah. scene mom who couldn't tell one house from another, even though ostensibly she's dropped these kids off multiple. <laughs> um, but uh, Brittany's parents, Brittany's mom, pretty savvy with her were smooth coming in with the reverse psychology and the crop top mm -hmm. situation. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I just thought sometimes they play parents to be complete goofs and uh, goof was on the kids this time. Yeah. Guys. Yep. And then... Just a fun, uh, another local behind the scenes tidbit, that roller coaster in the opening music video and the carousel scenes were shot at City Park. And that roller coaster is called the Ladybug. And you want to guess what the top speed of that beast is? 14. <laughs> close. 40 whole miles an hour. Oh. <laughs> it speeds close to 40 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was a fun visual from my past as i've ridden that both as a carefree child and as a drunk teenager oh love that for you <laughs> and i think so that's it <laughs> amazing i love that 
I do agree with you about the parents. I really appreciated that they were not like idiots. And they even had their own scene, that one scene where like the mom is really concerned about the house and like no one's going to show up to the event. And the dad was like really kind and like cared about her thing that she had passion for. Like, is it actually like a very like modern relationship for I wrote down he's cool he's cool hot dad because he's supportive he is he was so supportive I was like that's hot your personality hot so hot and I thought he was not gonna be because when the very first time we see him he's like fixing his tie getting ready to go to work and I was like oh no um but it turned (laughs) out he was great yeah and then the only other thing I just remembered is there's a there's a lingering shot on Taryn when he's singing at the end and he's got on his guitar and his fingers never move. Mm-hmm. Not I one time. <laughs> and shout out to the Nokia brick getting some. Yeah. My first phone. Wow. In that same year, I think, too, or maybe it was 2003, but close. All right. Shall we play some bingo? We shall. Please. I have good good vibes going into this one. Yeah, I feel good too. All right, uh, one hit wonder song. We have an actual it <laughs> listed in history. Not me and Val trying to convince you it's a one hit wonder song. <laughs> one hit wonder song. All right, Al, what is it? No, I don't know why I came here tonight, and I don't know something right. And then we're going to skip to Stuck in the middle <laughs> Clowns left to me Jokers to the right Here I am Stuck in the middle um, An actual one hit wonder song <laughs> It is on Google They did not have any other songs Excellent, we did it We did it finally And I- <clears throat> there are other such artists on the soundtrack that I have to point out, such as Haley Duff, mm-hmm. uh, sister of Hillary, Stacey Arico, who sings, There's gotta be more to life than chasing down every temporary high. Then we have Jesse McCartney of Dream mm-hmm. Street fame. But wait, there is another solo artist from Dream Street. Greg Raposo. How does this happen that on one album, two former members of Dream Street are featured? I couldn't tell you. Want to play Amazing. I loved that. I love discovering that. <laughs> and as Mad has mentioned, this whole soundtrack was like the first like legit soundtrack of a decom. Yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, there's a number of songs by Jordan Cahill <laughs> that are actually Taryn Killa. <laughs> Thinking of you, Jordan. <laughs> and all of these songs are in our uh, decommentary soundtrack on uh, Spotify. Sportifor. If you'd like to listen to them. Al, you want to take the next one? Yeah. Breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera. Yeah. During those music videos. Yep. And also, I this reminded me, all of a sudden in the middle of this movie, there was a narrator. Oh, that made no sense. Thank you for mentioning that. That made no sense. It made no sense. And I knew you were going to get so mad about it. I I blocked it out of my brain until you brought it right back. (laughs) I hated that. Yeah, I I was so confused why that existed because it it happened like once or maybe twice. It's like reading a book and then the tense just changes. You're like, what is happening? Yeah, it was so bizarre. Weird. All right. Holiday themed. No. No. 
Too bad it wasn't Mardi Gras themed. Oh. I know. That's fun. <laughs> uh, clunky metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Clunked you right over the head. <laughs> Stay true to yourself. <laughs> that open door, man. <laughs> <laughs> parents who just don't get it. No. Not this no. movie. Those parents are, get it. They get it. Cool non-parent adult. I'm counting Jordan Cahill. Oh, he is. Taryn Kilm was 24 when this movie. Yeah. Aired. And even if you go by the age of his character, he was born in 1982. They say so. Oh, and they? at the time. Yeah. So he was 22. His mm-hmm. character was 22 okay. in the movie. So that is a fully formed adult. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> fully formed. Ish. Ish. 25 yeah. is when yeah, you stop forming. Yeah, 25 is when your brain brain's cooked. <laughs> and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> Someone too famous for a TV movie? I, I think the fame happened after this. Yeah, I think yeah. the fame happened after for all of them. Yeah. Even Brenda's yeah. song. She, she kind of hit, I think, a couple years later. Yeah. Yeah. Competition to resolve central problem. No. No. A montage sequence. Uh, Color in the square. Yeah. So many. A montage of the images we have just seen. Right. Yeah. Like it was so it was like they ran out of stuff to do. So they just like made montages out of the stuff they already had. Yep. And there was also a weird one like memory in black and white. But other stuff wasn't that was in the past that wasn't in black and white. (laughs) So So weird. I mean, the montages were so short. I'm surprised they didn't have clips from the beginning of the montage towards the end of the montage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to have a montage in a montage in a montage in a montage. Like an inception montage. Oh, my my God. So, yeah, check that one. Oh, cliche villains. Um, I mean, there wasn't a strong villain. He was very cliched for what he was, but yeah. I don't know. I think know. that the director guy. Yeah, the producer. Yeah, producer. He's very cliche. He's yeah. like, I'll pay for whatever. I'll fix it with money. I just yeah. want what I want. Totally cliche mm-hmm. and villainous. Uh, clothes or items you owned? Oh, boy. <laughs> this... <laughs> Her three friends, not so much her or Natasha, but her three friends, their aesthetic was like my aesthetic. Oh, my gosh. Like middle and like early high school, like the bell bottoms that go past your shoes, the like belts that are like over your shirt and like not functional. They're Mm -hmm. just sort of like hanging. I have a picture. I'm going to try and find it and put it on our Instagram (laughs) trucker hats. I wrote yeah. down trucker hat. I had a trucker I hat. Rocked I still a trucker currently hat. have a trucker hat. She also had a drawstring backpack, which I absolutely had. Mm-hmm. Um, basically everything that anyone wore. And not to mention the fact that I played soccer and our uniforms were almost exactly that color. Okay. Oh, scheme. wow. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes, 40 to 60. So, Matt, you and I will both guess. And Al knows. So if if we are within five percentage points, we get to feel smart. And if we obviously if it's between 40 to 60 percent, we will get the square. What do you what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with. Thirty four percent. Wow. I think 
that because this one has music and mm. like people might be nostalgic for it for a number of reasons, I'm going to guess 52. Well, the good news is there is no good news. You're both <laughs> wrong and we don't get the point. <laughs> it was 63. <gasps> wow. Oh, yeah. 63. Dang. Um, okay. Happily ever after. Oh, yes. yeah. They rode off into the sunset on her bike. They sure did. <laughs> With helmets on. <laughs> With helmets on. <laughs> <laughs> Almost kissing. No, only in to my Val's head. dismay <laughs> of this love story. Only in my head, Canon. <laughs> uh, someone who became famous. So many. So many people in this movie. Yeah. But trying of one's real friends or values. Uh, real hard. Yeah. Like yep. the entire movie. Yeah. Almost yep. instantly she betrays her real friends. <laughs> yep. Sorry. I think it's you, Al. Um, Your childhood crush. I saw this movie and did have a crush on Taryn Killam. Perfect. We get it. Like then. one hun- hundo, hundo P. I <laughs> definitely had a crush on him in retrospect because pretty eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously bad special effects or stunts. Yes. 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 Stupid, stupid, stupid. Anytime like she was getting on or off the bike, it was like, oh girl, you should have practiced this a couple more times. <laughs> it was the also dance. just they like intentionally did stuff badly. Like when they fall off the fence when they're like trying to run oh, into the neighbor's Val, backyard. Thank you so much for mentioning that. I'm gonna completely cut you off because it was one of my notes that I didn't mention. In that moment, it has been decided that my least favorite sound effect of all time is when people jump over something they fall somewhere and a cat noise is played yep yep that is my <laughs> least yell. favorite sound effect it's been decided yep it's stupid it's dumb and like <laughs> that moment right that moment like perfect and like stuff like flies up as if they like landed oh. on a trampoline and like <laughs> like leaves flew everywhere like that perfectly illustrates my problem with this movie. Like, I would have loved this movie if they just eliminated that like, yeah. kind of approach to it completely. Mm-hmm. But I did find it funny how they get held up, which it was also I felt like this movie was like alluding to other movies a lot. And like this moment felt very much like Ferris Bueller. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> where he like stop gets stopped like or he maybe he stops because he wants to ask out that girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like. Either way, the, the the mom asking her to babysit was very funny. Like yeah. I liked that moment. <laughs> it was silly. Oh, very silly. Um, okay, Eric Von Detten, sadly no. Oh, you're oh, here. you've got an We've old cha- one. Yeah, I use Hold an old on. one too. We've changed the square uh, okay. to be Disney Channel Star. Yeah. Okay. Um y- yes, no. I mean they some of them I would argue became Disney Channel stars, but uh Brenda's song is a Disney Channel star for sure. Uh, yeah, I would say Brenda counts for sure. I think we counted her last time too. Yeah. Musical number. <laughs> <laughs> Val and I did the so, same noise. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because I knew you were going to do it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we have a couple musical numbers in this one. It's so great. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Wonderful. Wonderful. Beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> magic. Sadly, no. 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 
Oh, well. Uh, someone says the title of the movie. I Do they verbatim? I don't think so, actually. I didn't hear it. They certainly allude to it. Yeah. And I say, like, she's complaining about her suburban life, but right. I don't know if I remember actually stuck in the suburbs. No, I don't think so either. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Scooby Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they figure out the the phone and the stuff. Yep. Kids making stuff happen. Kids making the stuff happen. <laughs> <laughs> the heroes create the problem. Kind of. Yeah, because they could have just like figured out a way to get the phone back. Right. They could have just left it at the hotel front desk. Yeah. And then the movie would have been over in 10 minutes. <laughs> Lead is a fish out of water. Um, no, she's the fish in the water, right? Yeah, I think I don't feel fish yeah. out of water. No, here. the only one is like Brenda's song, maybe. But, but she's but I don't think right. so. She kind of like overcomes the fish out of water yeah. by doing her thing. Yeah. Okay. All right, now, Palerinos. Was your optimism warranted? It was warranted mildly. We got one. <laughs> okay. I think we one. marked a couple boxes today that we don't get to typically mark, but they didn't add all up. They didn't add up all in the right place. Mm-hmm. But we did okay. get one. We have our our uh, fourth row down. So the betraying of one's real friends or values, your childhood crush, obviously bad special effects uh, and stunts, our Disney Channel star square and musical number. So once nice. again, musical number saving the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every and betraying one's real friends or values yeah we so don't get that let's hear there. a song about you being bad to your friends yeah yeah <laughs> well that was great we did it we did it yeah. <laughs> all right uh who's ready for a game me 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 yay all right uh in this game you get to work together and it's called suburban surprise <laughs> I'm going to give you the name of a suburb. Okay. And the state, because it's very hard to just give me, Uh you know, but you have to name the city that this suburb surrounds. Okay. Got it. So I'm going to give you the name of a city. It's kind of a fun, I found some fun names. I'm going to give you the state that it's in and you have to tell me the city that the suburb surrounds. Okay. Is the first one Schaumburg? It is not on here, but thank you for mentioning Schaumburg in my life. <laughs> I didn't put it on here on purpose because I probably talked about it too much anyway. Uh, Matt, that's where I'm from. <laughs> the uh, My only caveat is if, if you are listening to this and you hear me say one of these suburbs and you go, that's not a suburb of my town that I live in, this city, I don't care. <laughs> I googled it and this is my game and I can do what I want okay here we go our first suburb is Opalaka <laughs> and the state is Florida wait oh you should know this Val is it it's either Jacksonville or Tampa I want to say um Tallahassee <laughs> with the accent Tallahassee. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna guess Jacksonville. Uh, that would be my guess too. Incorrect, Miami. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe there's a different similarly sounding town because there's a town where my parents like that's right in between like Orlando and Jacksonville that my parents would like meet people to have lunch and there's like a train museum there and i swear it was that but it Fun. must be something that sounds like that nice all right anyway. here we go number two is egypt and your state is tennessee any thoughts uh i'm gonna go it it's a 50 50 nashville or um knoxville memphis oh memphis right well oh yeah or knoxville oh this <laughs> hard game that's why i gave you the state because there's no way you would have been able to do this without the state no yeah of course uh, uh egypt naturally um <laughs> i i say here you you pick between no, 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 knoxville you, or nashville between knoxville or nashville nashville it was memphis no <laughs> You were right. Oh, no. All right, here we go. We got a fun one, but a hard one. Okay, so the others weren't hard? <laughs> nope, those were easy. Okay. Strawberry, California. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. Can, can you break it up by, like, northern, <laughs> central, and southern? Um, Let me look up a... Throw a dog a bone. I'm going to guess it's northern, right? Because, like, well, I don't know. Where do they grow strawberries? Oh, you know, actually, yeah. I mean, I should be familiar with southern. Uh, they grow strawberries in Ponchatoula, Louisiana. I don't know where they grow them. It's California. <laughs> if you were to cut California in half, it would be the top half. Okay. Okay. It would have been more fun if you said. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to cut it in half, it would be the ocean side. <laughs> well, there. I I'm, just narrowed uh, it down for you. I know. Top, top left corner. Um so San Francisco, I don't know. Francisco, yeah, because there aren't really that many cities. That okay, Sacramento so. erasure, but it was San Francisco. <laughs> That's on the other side. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I googled all of this. <laughs> all right, our next one is Little Town, Arizona. I was worried you were going to say Boston, but um, mm -hmm. okay. Okay, so obviously we have Phoenix, um, Tucson. Sorry, Scottsdale and Tucson. Scottsdale, Tucson, yeah, or Flagstaff, I guess. But is Flagstaff a little city? I don't know. <clears throat> um, <laughs> all right, you pick between Scottsdale and Phoenix. Scottsdale. It was Tucson. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never this mean in games, but I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. We get to fail together, so it's like yeah. less, yeah. less hard. It's not like you're paired against one another, you know? Right, right. It's our beginning improv days. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and all right, we've got our last one in honor of St. Valentine's Day next week, which is Val actually it'll be and Valentine. Uh, it'll be last week by the time you listen to this. Um, Loveland, Ohio. Cleveland or Cincinnati, right? Or Columbus. Columbus. Gotcha. Um, all these empty states that have all these cities. That's why I did this on purpose. So yeah. <laughs> my grandparents are from Cleveland. So my vote's Cleveland. Okay. I go with your vote. It's your podcast. Your vote. Look at her face. <laughs> 
I can just be like, wait, wait, don't tell me where we judge a reaction and then change our answer. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) it was Cincinnati. (laughs) Damn it. Hey, you got one right. You got strawberry right. Great. You used to phone a friend, a.k.a. the person who created the game, but you still got strawberry. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for playing Suburban Surprise. What a surprise. Um, well, thanks for playing. Hey, it wasn't how many you got, but the friendship. <laughs> <laughs> the friendship. Friendship. This was great. Mad, thank you so much yep. for being here. You've been a wonderful guest. We appreciate you so much. We do. You are an expert. We don't have anyone who has this kind of correlation to a decom. I guess besides Stu Krieger, but... Yeah, we appreciate true. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, folks, next week we are watching Tiger Cruise. Hayden Panettiere. Ooh. I don't think I've seen it. So, you know, do your homework, watch the movie. And as always, do your other homework, which is listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast, uh, review the podcast. And follow us on Instagram because Al is on a mission. I'm really trying, guys. Just tell one friend. Yeah. Share share our posts on your story or something, and maybe someone will follow us that way. Yeah, please. Um, we'd really appreciate <laughs> we it. We really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Mad. Thanks, guys. This was fun. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. Bye, Mad. Bye, Val and Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash decommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at decommentaries. Decommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.